I know shit's bad right now, with all that starving bullshit, and the dust storms, and we running out of french fries and burrito coverings. Yeah. But I got a solution. That's what you said last time, dipshit! I got a solution? You're a dick! South Carolina, what's up? <laughs> That's what I thought! Now, I understand everyone's shit's emotional right now, but listen up. I got a three-point plan to fix everything. Break it down, come on, Number one, we got this guy not sure. Number two, he's got a higher IQ than any man alive. And number three, he's gonna fix everything. I give you my word as president. He'll fix the problems with all the dead crap. He's gonna make him grow again. And that ain't all. I give you my word. He's gonna fix the dust on I give you my word. He's gonna fix the comedy. He's so smart. He's gonna do it all. President Camacho stood before the world and promised everyone that Joe would solve all their problems. He would not only end the Dust Bowl and heal the economy, but he would cure acne and car sickness as well. And if he didn't, President Camacho made another promise. He would kick Joe's smart balls all the way up to the roof of his smart mouth, and then he would throw his brainy ass back in jail. You know what's incredible about watching that clip now? Yeah. Is that uh, as as stupid as Terry Crews is, as the president <laughs> yeah. and everything that's going on? His speech still makes sense. Like you don't <laughs> believe it, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like he actually sets out here are my three points. They're all nonsense. But here's point one. Here's point two. Here's point three. That is far and away more it's, clear. It's, it's also an acknowledgement of what's wrong. <laughs> it's oh, just, God, yeah, purely. Yeah, he's acknowledging all the things that are wrong. Period. That's true. Full stop. That is as way ahead to, of where we are now. As opposed to not. Yeah. yeah. So that's, Good God. that's cool. That's it's cool. incredible. Because <laughs> when you listen to, you know, a, a current presidential speech, it really, you know, yeah. I mean, he would have said like this, Joe, he's smart. I know smart. Yeah, I'm smart. You, you all know. And you know, <laughs> the thing that makes someone smart is what Joe is. is you know, it would have yeah, just been, right. how do you follow any You're of talking that? talking circles. So, yeah. Yeah, so it, clearly a screenwriter wrote this and was trying to make it stupid, but didn't know yet what what level we were going to uh, get to. I think we all know uh, Idiocracy a, is uh, is, is a good one to watch. Now. Really, yeah, check it out. It's great. Great flick. Great flick. Uh, here we are on uh, a nice Sunday uh, podcasting. Yeah, you'd never know there was a pandemic on to look out your window. It's uh, it's pleasant. Pleasant out there. Yeah. Where I am. Yeah. I can't see I'm surrounded by... Sound, bl- sound blankets. But. Nor can I, but I know before we started <laughs> recording, I, I took a look out the window. <laughs> okay, nice. thanks. I haven't been outside. <laughs> it's in days, good, it's so good out there, man. Yeah, <laughs> stay inside though. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, well, so here we are. We are uh, unfortunately not seeing a ton of movies uh, that are new, but uh, we've been watching lots of fun stuff, right? TV movies. Yeah, lots uh, of our favorite old stuff. Past. Yeah. I've been discovering some stuff from way back that I never got what, around to watching. Uh, what have you been discovering? So I just uh, watched for the first time ever, I don't know if we got any horror movie fans, but uh, did you ever see The Tenet? It's uh, Polanski, Roman Polanski. No, I never did. It's, I mean, it's not like anything that I'm telling anyone, you have to see this, but it's just one right. that I'd never gotten around to. And it's one of those ones that's on all the um, alternative horror, like here are the best horror movies you've never seen, that sure. kind of thing. Um, it's a lot like Repulsion. I know you're a fan of Repulsion I am, I love that. and Rosemary's Baby and that kind of stuff. Uh, and I would say it's not as good as either of those, okay. but it's, but it's that kind of thing. And, uh, and you can see in all the Polanski stuff that he's a super talented, you know, he just knows how to tell a story, you know, sure. cinematically yeah, and absolutely. use kind of the tools of, uh, filmmaking. Right. Um, it was scary. Uh, I'm not a huge scary movie fan, but, um, I'm glad I, uh, glad I checked it off, you know, the <laughs> lifelong list of seeing every movie ever made. Well, speaking by of absolute horror, um, I watched Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> Um, Tammy and the which, T-Rex, which, uh, I, I feel I have to talk about, uh, for a minute. So <laughs> please are, do. Are you aware of it? Uh, no, I am now at okay. this moment. So, uh, directed by a guy who hasn't done much else. You know, this was like, I think maybe the You're only, only thing he wrote and directed. I think it's actually, let me click on it. So I have the numbers. I think it's 91, 94. Oh, wow, 94. Okay. It feels like an eighties movie, but it was made in released in 94. Tammy and the T-Rex seems like something that could have only been made either in the eighties or in the last three <laughs> years on Netflix. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, why that's not a, 94 doesn't track at all. Weird, it it yeah. absolutely should have been like 86, but do it, you think it, it got greenlit at, because of Jurassic Park? So simply because let me of the T-Rex explain the what I know about it. Yes, it is a direct, <laughs> Um, it, it, okay. So it centers, oh my God, it's hard to even describe. Yeah. So, pitch you, it to me, baby. so who, who's in it? Um, the star of the film is Denise Richards. Uh, the, <laughs> one of it. the co-stars is Paul Walker. Uh, oh, yeah. nice. And it's both, both of their very early, 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 you know, roles. Um, virtually no one else in it have I ever seen in anything. Um, but, uh, the premise is that there's a, a T-Rex animatronic that's in another country and someone is, or I think, wait, is that the premise? Or maybe that's the real, <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait. I'm getting the real life mixed up. The real life story is that uh. someone had an animatronic T-Rex and they were shipping it to a, um, like a, like a, a, you know, a theme park or something like that. And this is in real life. And so they call this guy, who made the movie and was like, we're moving it into this, you know, place, but they don't need it for three weeks. So if you can make a movie in three weeks, <laughs> we have an oh animatronic T-Rex. And so he wrote around only just having this animatronic T-Rex. He wrote that. I honestly, man, I respect the shit so, out of that. Like, so, <laughs> and the that's, premise, that's taking your opportunity. The premise of the movie is that there is a mad scientist who is toying with the idea of taking someone's consciousness and putting it into a, a, <laughs> a, a robot, essentially. And in this case, the robot is an animatronic T-Rex. And so they've got a guy that can control it with computers but they're like wouldn't it be great if we could put you know a brain in there and so i won't wow. i won't go into into it anymore but essentially 
it's called Tammy and the, T- and the T-Rex, so you can well, guess. Well, you know, way ahead of its time yeah. regarding yeah, downloading yeah. our consciousness. <laughs> right, and, uh, exactly. Putting it yeah, into the it. concept is not bad. Well, <laughs> but, it, but but the movie itself is wow. so fucking bananas and really, really horrible. I mean, they you know, it's it's so poorly written and shot and directed. Like, every aspect of the movie is so terrible uh, that it's fantastic. And and the only reason that I knew about it was that it uh, was being promoted as uh, one of the really fun Alamo Drafthouse uh, you right, know, programming right. choices for for, sure. uh, for probably April, early April, maybe or late March, and then obviously they closed all the theaters. So I was like, oh, I gotta watch this. So right now it's on Showtime. If you have Showtime app or access, um, you can watch it on there. But it it's fucking ridiculous, and you really need to watch it because it's 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 one of those really 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 cheesy um, like C grade movies that they would do on uh, how did this get made. Yeah, and yeah. I can't believe that they haven't done it. I think I even tweeted at them because I was like, "How have you guys not? You know, this, <laughs> this is so. It would be such a crowd favorite, like so, right, so right. much. So well, I, hopefully I they'll get know. to it. Well, that hopefully. that sounds like it fits comfortably into yeah. the so bad it's good <laughs> yeah. category. Uh, yeah, um, to a great awesome. extent. Anyways, Rad, man. that was one of the fun ones. I also watched Destiny turns on the radio. We talked. You, t- yeah, you told me about it. My recommendation. So I finally watched it. Um, I have a, I have a, with all of the things in that movie, I have a question. Uh, beds that you put a coin in, in motels, <laughs> what is the point of that? Can you, you know, explain You know to what's me what really funny about this? I think, I mean, I always took it as like kind of a weird sort of dirty, kinky sexual yeah, thing. But, yeah, that's exactly my question. But, but yeah. But, but, um, but now I've seen enough of it. That, this is kind of weird. I don't know what our obsession was in like the mid nineties with those, like bringing right. back these ugly kind of gross hotel rundown hotels that had those. But Jess and I have also been going through some old X files during oh, yeah. this time that were shut in okay. and they just had an episode where there's, you know, cause it, Fox and, and Scully, they're always staying at, at sure. rundown motels and little towns. And, one of the episodes has them literally sitting on the bed with it vibrating. They put the coin in. Really? And the other one comes in and she's like jealous, like Scully's jealous that Mulder's on the bed. And she's like, I want to get her. Like when he leaves, she's like, all right, but I'm staying here. And My she turn. puts in a coin and lays on it. And, but they're taking it like a massage, like it's a massage chair, which makes me wonder is there a consensus on what those beds that's, are? That's exactly uh, my question is, what is it? And yeah, I didn't Fans write in. Yeah. Tweet, but, a, tweet but at I us. Also, let us know. I also had the thought that what an interesting way to pay a quarter to have a device that makes a – there are people having sex sound – to cover the sound of people having sex where it oh, like, yeah, it doesn't, true. It, you know, if you hear that bed banging, you're not like, ah, they're fucking, it's actually, yeah, they it's turned on the bed. We're and... here to talk about the important stuff guys. <laughs> and this is one of those things, that, but isn't it strange though, that like those things were featured. Like I just mentioned a show that had a, a big run, right? Yeah. Mid, late nineties. And you, and that's obviously a movie destiny yeah, turns on the radio. Era. 95. 95. So that whole t- Quentin Tarantino just burst onto the scene. This seems like an element in movies <laughs> that would definitely fit into his fucking yes. weird movies. Yes. And, and, you know, I know he didn't write this one. Right, he right. was just in it. But it's still got all the flavor of a Tarantino movie. And whatever those beds are supposed to do, <laughs> they definitely belong in Tarantino's world. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't gotten more of them. Right, right, um, right. So, um, Well, very interesting. Anyway. We'll have to do some some uh, some research on that. 
Um, what else? What else have you been watching? Well, well, well. What are you, before we bounce oh, yeah. on there, what your overall thought on? Destiny oh, on Friends the movie. The oh, this is it, something I had no, never seen was, that it, I missed. I had never even heard of it out. until you mentioned it. So right. I uh, I enjoyed it. I uh, think that uh, what's her face, the lead actress in it, even though right. she's good, she's not. Uh, I don't think she's right in that movie. Um, you mentioned that, yeah, yeah. I, and and it, it's that's not really. To say that's the only thing wrong with it, there's plenty of things weird about that movie, but um, but it's it's just kind of fantastical and interesting, yeah. and and uh, there aren't many movies in Vegas in that era, even though you can tell a lot of it wasn't shot in Vegas, but you know a lot of it was. They definitely are yeah. at yeah. The, you know the casino for some of the exterior stuff, and and it is interesting to see um, because I lived in Vegas. Well. Yeah, I essentially I was a toddler, but we lived yeah, in yeah, Vegas sure. at the time when they were filming this, right about. Right, so it right. was interesting to see visually what that looked like. But um, I don't know, man. It, I I didn't dislike it at all, but I can't yeah, it's, say it's that worth it, checking out. I I, I mean, you know, yeah, no, I was just gonna yeah. say it's definitely. Uh, I mean, it's essentially just a fairy tale. It's a little yeah, myth, exactly. That's but set in Vegas, like modern exactly. day Vegas. I mean, and you know, all I could think the whole time is, man, Quentin Tarantino must have had a fucking field day playing a god or a demigod right, right, you know right. what i mean that like emerges from a vegas pool like it's hotel pool what a like that's a source of his power concept. and lightning yeah for yeah him just a that. wild weird movie that would not get made now most likely and yeah. i enjoyed discovering it, it, i don't know it just felt like a proper indie movie like that it didn't yeah. have you know much money but but it ended up being yeah a full fully uh realized movie it just uh it was kind of a odd story. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Well, one last thing, and then we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last thing is, it just reminded me how much that same era, that mid nineties, yeah. right when Tarantino was getting started, how how much everyone wanted to set their movies in sort of the dusty, dirty desert. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. Th- there are yeah, so yeah, yeah. many flicks in that era where it's the old. A uh, big car, you know, right. dri- uh, convertible driving through the desert. There was just something that all was the way just up like, through fear, fear and loathing, and that probably yeah. gave people a, the, <laughs> the weird taste much. in their mouth. So they went, okay, let's <laughs> yeah. go back to. It was quite uh, an era for that. That's yeah. that's all I wanted to say about it. So very anyway, very, very glad you checked it out. Yeah, that was good. Uh, what else have you been watching? Any movies? Uh, so we uh, we did the follow-up to tiger king uh oh, yeah. and I. we uh yeah, you know, just because we wanted to see i mean it's just interviews and sure. stuff but but we tuned back in for that since that's been the big phenomenon um not not as much as i wanted from like the follow-up but what else are they going to do everybody Absolutely, shut yeah. in and it was just going to be interviews and whatnot but um i do wonder if there's going to be you know what's going to happen with that going forward are they going to dive <laughs> stay with this story or are they going to try to dive into carol's on spinoff is this going to come a whole world of, I, you know, I hope i hope i don't it's know done. we'll see um yeah i, I, I don't need any more thoroughly enjoyed uh, but, it i'm not one of the people that uh thinks it's it's garbage it it's gar they're garbage people but the <laughs> yes. the fact that they made a documentary about them is not in and of itself uh, you know that's not wrong oh, and that's not definitely. bad and that's not uh, unentertaining it was super fun so ha- have I, you ever, I would do as much of that as they make but i don't think they will i hope they don't have you ever heard of roar uh the old documentary from yeah like the 70s so or 80s? roar um i actually the alamo at home did a screening of it this week uh meaning where they just like have you pay on vimeo and then it's like a, a group thing i don't know anyways the um roar was one that i still haven't seen but i downloaded like a year ago 
and uh, I was gonna uh, I was gonna tell you and Kevin we should maybe watch it if if you guys hadn't seen it recently or hadn't right. seen it at all. Right. Because I think it. it's topical, you know. Um, right. And by the way, Roar. <laughs> um, I mean the uh, the idea of Roar is kind of I, I isn't it that they like the backstory isn't it that they had access to lions so they wrote a movie around it i don't know i was kind of <laughs> comparing yeah. it to tammy and the t-rex that it was just like <laughs> they they didn't actually have a story they just had a thing and then they wrote around right, it. right. um i think that that's might be what right it's like that but, might be right um, yeah it just popped up on some list with like how tiger king's been such a hit i've yeah. seen it pop up on a couple different places that i check out it's, it's like if you think this is crazy fascinating story i think something like 80 70 or 80 people were injured or it, seven or eight oh, injuries were reported um and and it was jan debont's first film so he's a cinematographer oh, he wow. did speed he and stuff that. um and he uh i think it was something like a hundred stitches in his head he had to get oh my God. from a lion attack on that Jesus. movie or something Anyways, uh, 1981 Roar. Check it out. I still haven't seen it, but maybe maybe we do that this week. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll check night. it out. We don't um, have a whole lot going on. Yeah, right now. exactly. Um, I also watched. Uh, I mean, I got a fucking long list, but uh, along your lines of recommendations, I watched Hot Pursuit, um, <laughs> right. and really enjoyed the, it. Eight, the 1980s John Cusack, 1987 Hot Pursuit. Hot Pursuit. Yeah, and uh, and I wrote down a couple of <laughs> quotes from it that I thought were funny. Just kind of fun. Um, where the dad goes, don't you want to see where you were conceived to the 18 year old daughter? <laughs> and she, and he said, you started as a, <laughs> I can't even say it. You started as a sp- sparkle in your mom's margarita, um, <laughs> which I think is a great, uh, you know, more of us probably started that play. way than, than we would like to believe. <laughs> play off of the, of the twinkle and eye. And then, uh, and then we legitimately have the line. I'm the captain now in that yes. movie. <laughs> yes. Preceding, <laughs> What we all know of Captain, yeah, Captain Phillips. Phillips took it from this. Um, wow. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was weird and the tone was all over the place. But by the end of it, I was like, okay, I go, I see what they were going for. The writer wrote like fucking live and let die and man with a golden gun and <laughs> yeah. a bunch of bond movies and, uh, Insane, and diamonds right? are forever. And I was like, okay, I get it. That track. This got into you bond know. territory. It was just a For private sure. school kid at a boarding school <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and named John Cusack who yeah, started yeah. as that character. Which, and it was by the more way, comedic. I, with the exception of like Con Air, I haven't seen every John Cusack movie, but he tends to be kind of typecast and right. And right. this is like, not that at all. <laughs> this no, is the a different thing. Opposite sure. John Cusack movie well, I've ever seen. Dude, what about? I mean, think about. Um, uh, oh God, now I'm gonna. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Fucking Zoolander. Um, oh yeah, Ben Stiller. Yeah, think about Ben Stiller. Yeah, God, him and his dad are blank both on in that. it as uh, hardened criminals. Like and what a what a psychopath. You know, full sociopath up. role. Yeah, he he goes full dark. Like he's almost oh, yeah. in a different movie. I feel, yeah. or maybe yeah. he makes this movie different. Uh, Wild Ride. Wild Ride. The whole movie was uh, was enjoyable, but it also uh, I just wish it was a little bit more. uh, If you're gonna make a dark movie, make a dark movie. (laughs) It's like 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 you mentioned. Decide. It it really turned a lot. Well, in the opening credits, if you think about it, man, it's almost like maybe they knew what they were doing and 
we just don't want it because that opening where it's almost tracking through, it's real like 70s style tracking through the windows and someone's yep. sneaking up on him. And it seems like it's going to be like a, could be like a murder and it's just his right. girlfriend like sneaking in through an upper window. Well, it's to, like, very Bond movie, a, you know? Yeah. And it ends yeah. up being like a joke and it's like, oh, okay, we're going to do the joke thing. And then it like switches back to yeah. the tone of the credits by the end. It's a weird, it's a weird wild movie. Super that's for weird. Sure. Um, okay, so I watched that, and I also I got so many fun ones that I watched. I watched both Terminators. Um, oh, again, nice! And pretty much back to back, and the original held up so well for me. I hadn't seen it in a while, many many years, and this is a a pretty good quality, like maybe not restoration, but the the uh, kind of the high def transfer that they did of it is so uh-huh. good. It's beautiful. And with the exception of like some of the stop motion and like, yeah, you know, yeah, the, just the, 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 uh, the, uh, yeah, the stop motion Terminator the which, animatronic head where you the see animatronic eye, head, they just didn't, the animatronic head and the stop motion to the extent that they did them. I just feel like they didn't need to, even mm-hmm. at the time, like the, the difference between the puppet, you know, the puppeteered t1 uh t800 versus stop motion was like just the difference between like showing him full body or showing him like three quarters body and it was like oh man it's good because it's night and day the quality and you're just like why wouldn't you just shoot around it it. just shoot around it what i think it was man is i think at the time that really was mind-blowing and they wanted yeah they wanted to show it off i mean i (laughs) I think that anyway like when you read all this stuff about like stan winston and stuff it's always like that was kind of the era i feel like he emerged in you know what i mean and i and i feel like they were just like look what we can do now you know it's like you could tell it was different even then but it but people were also like wow i can't believe they could do it's not like it takes you out of it but it definitely uh you know, and then you see yeah. what they do a few years later, obviously with T two. Right. So I right. want to ask you about T two. So there, the Terminator two. I didn't have a copy of it, and I rented it on like Apple Movies. Um, and the version that I saw is way longer than the version I've seen, and it didn't say like director's cut or anything. But yeah. I think there is such a thing as a what they're calling like the ultimate cut of right. Terminator two or something right. like that. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's got that weird part where he tries to smile, right? And his lips yeah, are curling. Yeah, it's got the smile scene. A bunch of little tiny scenes like that Tons scattered throughout. Tons of tiny scenes. So like the biggest one for me that actually was so significant, and I was like, how did they cut this out of the movie, was the whole uh, brain thing. Yeah, that part is great. I was like, what? Where she's, she might kill him. This so she might significant the, yeah. to the story, and it's fully, it doesn't feel, there's no weirdness in it. It feels like it's totally fluid. And I, I guess they and saved also, like two and a half minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Also, you're James Cameron and you've already gone two hours and 20 minutes long anyway. It's <laughs> right. not like you're ever staying under two hours. Right. And it just seems like a weird thing to cut that that time. I really would I, love I, I don't to know. know. And, then it, and then, you know, it, it cut, cuts immediately to the next scene where he gets the keys out of the visor and he goes, are you learning yet? Are we learning yet? And right, it's like it's a right. direct, you know, finishing of that thought, which before I guess we had the dialogue of like, can you learn new things? And he went, yeah, or whatever, you know, it was like some throwaway thing, right, but this right. really, really drove that home. Anyways, I highly recommend people see that because there are virtually almost every scene or every couple of scenes in that movie. There's just a little bit more to it. 
And well, a lot of I'm, it is unnecessary, but some of it's really interesting. I'm glad you you watched both of them, man. I would love to revisit that. That's when I say so that great. series, I so just great. mean one and two. Yeah, but, yeah, of um, course. Yeah, but uh, it, it's cool too to me because I really feel like those two movies both hold up so well in different ways. And I know yeah. you're talking about the restorations, good, but the first one to me is really a testament to like what you can do in like indie filmmaking, right? And like right. things feel a little grittier and handheld, and like the car chases and stuff, but they all work and they're great. Oh, they really. And then do the tone work. of the second one is like the best example of a big budget action thriller where you can throw the whole kitchen sink at it like they exist like differently but that's what you want from a sequel too right bigger and better like that's the idea i i I need to research what they spent on them but terminator 1984 um the amount of scenes in the future with the full you know robot army and uh you know and all the the lasers and everything the amount that that is in there uh, blew me away. I kind of forgot. I remembered it from yeah. T2, but there's actually right. so much in the original Terminator. And with the exception of like one shot with some where you can see some rear projection happening, um, it's beautiful. And it's not even significantly worse than T2, which came so much right. later. Right. And obviously the budget was minuscule compared to it. So I, I don't know. That I just have a lot of respect for it. It's great. For sure, man. Me too. I, and I don't want to do like a full deep dive in it or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I, but I, but I just really think that that is a great example of what a sequel, like James Cameron, may be the king of the sequels, right? Like yeah. what he did with aliens, how, you know, okay, this is not just us making a sequel to make one. This is the logical next place of the story, right. but it does play off of the first one, but it's a new thing. I mean, he really did that with two of the great sci-fi franchises. So, which um, he might have nailed a true lies sequel if we ever got it, but you know, yeah, we'll never know we'll now. Never I guess. Know. Uh, Fuck. Yeah, I would have checked it out for sure. I <laughs> yeah. would have given it a shot. Oh, you would have seen it. Okay, gotcha. Oh man, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. Surprise. You would have gone to True Lies. You would never have guessed. <laughs> um, Listen, the the shitty thing is, you know, you know, unlike Aliens, they couldn't have named it just True Lies. If it had been True Lies, the first one, then they could have made it True Lies. What, what would it have been? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question true. new new true lies new true true lies more lies, new lies. <laughs> more lies <laughs> more uh, true lies false uh, lies yeah false lies so uh i did a fun uh little movie watch the other day uh the guys from that thing you do got together and did a um like a commentary like a live zoom on uh you know, that thing you do. So no shit. I played it along with them watching it. And so it was all four guys. And then oh, they, had, so fun. they had, um, what do you call it? Um, Giovanni Rubisi came in at some point, Kevin Pollack came in at some point, And then Colin Hanks was there most of the time. And he nice. was, <clears throat> I don't know why Tom Hanks wasn't there, but because it seemed to be a big thing. It was a big charity thing. They were auctioning stuff off while it was going. So it was, and it was a big event. There were 20,000 people watching it on YouTube. Uh, which I think is pretty big for live streams. Yeah, but sure. they um, they were so delightful. They weren't. They were all just like having a blast. They were all in like they put on suits and shits and um, and they just talked along with it. And so I watched that. And th- they talked about a lot of fun things. But the only thing there that was interesting to me uh, that I would have never known <clears throat> is that Colin Hanks was talking about what Mister White's first name was. They were like, we didn't want him to have a first name in the movie. It was just Mr. White, you know, played by Tom Hanks. And but his first name was Amos, E A M U S. And it's yeah. never said in the dialogue of the movie, but Colin said it was named after his dad's friend or something like that. I forget. Huh. <clears throat> and that's what Saul Siler screams when he's got the sandwich in his mouth. 
and I never knew what he said. It's such Isn't a it weird amazing moment. how little cuts like that change. Yeah. Sometimes you never <clears throat> understand one little beat of a movie, and it's it's almost always because of a cut scene. My whole life, well, it's not. This wasn't even a cut scene. It or, was just yeah, like d- lore. You know, it's it wasn't even in the dialogue or anything. But he apparently, and that's what Colin was saying. He's like, yeah, he's screaming for. Mr. White, but he doesn't call him Mr. White, obviously, because he's his boss. Wow. So he calls him Amos. And so he's got the sandwich in his mouth. He goes, Amos. And literally the closed captioning on the movie even didn't say it. It just said <laughs> like, ah, you know, it inaudible, just had like yeah, a, inaudible screaming. They, yeah, exactly. And it is inaudible. But anyway, it's pretty funny. Um, wow. You kind of sounded like uh, the big bug from uh, Men in Black there. Amos, uh, uh, yeah. uh, put my hands on, on my head like this. Not water. <laughs> Give me sugar, sugar in water. water. Um, <laughs> well, that's cool, man. I, I yeah. hate that I missed that. That sounds, uh, um, that well, sounds the, like. Well, the fun part is they saved it. It's on YouTube. Just look up like that thing you do. You know, yeah, cool. I whatever. will. Definitely will. And you could play it along with the movie. Did uh, um, were they as good as us at commentary? I mean, just a curiosity. <laughs> they were, from actually, one they were they were pretty excellent. Like as far as commentaries go, they kept it going, and they always had something fun to say. You know, just technical things like, "Oh, we only did one take of that because it was perfect," and this, that, and the other. And Tom would tell us to right, do this, right, right. and we were like, "Why?" And all the fun scenes in the restaurant with Lenny, like doing fun things yeah. where he's like playing cards and he's doing the money gag and. And and uh, as Steve Zahn is just like, yeah, Tom Hanks kept coming up with these bits for me to do. We wouldn't even shoot it during the day. It would be nighttime. Everybody would finish and wrap, and then we would shoot all these like cutaways. And Steve was like, they're never going to be in the movie. This shit's just <laughs> nonsense. And he's like, and then of course it becomes the best part of all you know what, man? It. That that's a great actor directing. Yeah, is what that is, right? Exactly. Like all, exactly. all the just constantly come up with character stuff for someone else right. to insert. I mean, that's that's awesome. It's really great. So watch watch that. Um, and then uh, I know you might have some more. I got some TV I watched just to call out. Um, I definitely think you should watch The Boys. It's super entertaining. Yeah, yeah. On Amazon, I watched all of Tales from the Loop on Amazon. Uh, thought that was great. So you so you finished that. You said it was a little slow. But, it is uh, slow, and it's slow it. throughout. But it's slow in a really beautiful artistic way. Every episode is unique, um, and uh, highly recommend it. I don't know why it's not getting a little bit more love. Like the ratings are a little bit mixed. I guess critics like it, but it's just it hits the way that like a really fine artistic. Um, you know, Oscar Beatty film hits where you're just like, okay, yes, I, I, I know it's slow. I know it's 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 built for a a a certain type of audience, right? Um, right. But it's a fucking masterpiece within that. You know, um, cool. I caught up on Dave. You were saying I should watch it, and I <laughs> fucking love it. Of course, now I I didn't I didn't think it would be that good, but it shouldn't um, be that good. It has no business being that good. And what blows me away about that show is yeah. whether you whether you like that humor, whether you like Dave or not. Right. You know the uh, the hype guy. I'm trying to think of his name. That oh, actor. Right. He's um, fucking killing it too. His episode where he goes into yep. his bipolar disorder. Yep. I'm I'm not exaggerating. You know when I say that. The fact that it's on that show means it'll never get any recognition, but that is like Oscar worthy performing to me. Like that was like yep. full depth range of emotion, just devastating. It came out of nowhere. It's in a show where they talk about, you know, dicks and rapping and all, you know, ridiculous stuff. And this was such a real 
moment. I mean, Jess and I just kind of looked at each other where that episode was going on. We were like, damn, this like this dude is all in. Yeah. This is like full. It was incredible. Like, it was one of the most incredible television performances I feel like I've ever seen. And I it was on Dave. Absolutely <laughs> like, agree. Like, what the hell is going on? That episode was devastating. And, Unreal. Uh, and and just to see how, how much your opinion of the person changes once you know it's just mirroring life. That's how life yeah. is. Obviously, when we know yeah. what's going on with a person, we tend to uh, understand them better. And uh, the the level to which they took the character so that we can have empathy for him now, um, where we were kind of like, man, this guy's crazy. <laughs> and yeah. then you're like, yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> just well know? done. I mean, it's well done, outstanding. showrunners. Outstanding. Um, yeah, totally agree. Um, and, uh, I don't know. That's about it. I watched the Dave Chappelle, Mark Twain award, uh, presentation. We, we did too. That was a lot yeah, of fun. That was fun for sure. Uh, was... the, the, the part that made me laugh the hardest, I think was actually when Bradley Cooper came out and was like, <laughs> you told everybody I was the one white dude in the Oval Office. We went I together, came, motherfucker. We came, we came together, like, man. I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that cracked me up. Really good. Really, really It was really real good. fun. It was funny watching Dave too. Yeah, just kind of nod his head uh-huh. when he recognition like, yep, that's accurate, that's right, and la- <laughs> and laugh at all these moments. It's just like a little inside, you know. Absolutely. Look. And I don't know if you've ever seen Dave Chappelle's Block Party, but that's that's a good dual watch, man. Like, oh yeah, Dave Chappelle's Block Party and that Mark Twain Award, those really gonna go hand in hand. They almost feel like companion pieces to me. Right, so right. If you haven't checked that out, worth checking out. Um, the other things that uh, Jess and I have kind of gone through, she's really just kind of crushed Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh wow, um, yeah. And I've been in and out on it. I mean, that I, sh- I do sh- find that show funny. Th- the thing that I like about that show is not necessarily that I think it's one of the best shows ever. It's more that if I made a show, I feel like this is what it would be. Okay. <laughs> whether that's whether that's good or bad, that's not necessarily <laughs> what I aspire to. But basically, it's you know Andy Samberg like making as many like Lethal Weapon references and Die Hard as he possibly can, cool. while yeah. while joking around and recognizing that he's better as like the silly you know guy or whatever. Sure, yeah. But uh, there are just so many man. We just finished an episode episode where his captain you know beats somebody down and he says i, I didn't know you you had that in you what he say? he's like of course i am i told you they made a movie about me so his old captain was like a co- young cop in the 80s made a movie about it. he's like what movie and he's like oh god i can't remember and he starts trying to list off like cop movies and he's like was it this was it this and then at the very end he's like oh my god he says his his like captain says i'm too old for this shit and walks away and he says was it lethal weapon was it lethal weapon and he's like oh, are you murtaugh and then he's like does that make me rigs? And that's when he like the show like just cuts off that episode. That's and annoying. I died, dude. I thought that was the funniest, best moment. And uh, and speaking of that, uh, Jess and I, now that we did our um, you know fans vote for you know which commentaries we we're gonna do, sure, Lethal yeah. Weapon, Lethal Weapon Four got left in the dust. Yeah, we actually watched Lethal Weapon One and Two. Oh, awesome. uh, The last couple days. How's two and- hold up? Uh, really, as well as one. I mean, okay. I, I think right on. one is an all-time, you know, action flick, or at least yeah, 80s yeah. action flick. And then I have a soft spot in my heart for four because I think Chris Rock is so funny. Jet Li's still kind of amazing to watch, at least to me. Yeah. And then you've got all Joe Pesci, all the regular guys. And as we found out from the Rotten Tomatoes ratings, maybe that <laughs> those movies don't track as high as we <laughs> thought with everyone. Right. Um, although it is funny, everybody who came through in that generation. I mean, I just mentioned Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but you've also got um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has made two of their only the weapon right. sequels and episodes. <laughs> like it is funny how like how much those kind of are iconic in that way, at least in the cop action genre. Yeah. 
And uh, so one and two are fun to me because they really feel so similar tonally, you know, wise. And I I think the other two, I mean, I like all of them, but do feel different Mm -hmm. in a way. And when you watch one and two back to back, two is just one again with more comedy. Like essentially it's one, but with Joe Pesci, but it's still kind of hard edged, you know, it's still like kind of dark, like the first one. And by four, it's really just fun. I mean, the there's not a whole lot of darkness. I've always thought about them is that one and two feel like 80s movies and three and four feel like 90s movies. 100%. You know, I agree with you on that. The, yeah. the era and uh, the style, even just visually, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's the best um, way of putting it. They're, they're products of their yeah. generation. But but the, funny, the funniest thing, the thing that has dated the absolute worst other than just all of the homophobic jokes and stuff like that uh, that don't hold up anymore. But um, the, the saxophone really stands out it's oh. there's it's there so much and i love it like it's yeah, that's, that's what lethal that's weapon is delightful though <laughs> no, no i dig it but it is funny because that also in brooklyn 99 they'll play the sax when he's like are you murtaugh you know like <laughs> that sax always plays Excellent. and it's just it's funny how much that's a thing now so uh anyway that's been a lot of fun that's um, cool I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I finished the short treks. I don't know if we mentioned that when oh, we talked nice. Star Trek. That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really, I think I've only probably liked two of those. That's fair. But yeah, but yeah. I love the idea of them, and I yeah. like that they're exploring that. It gives them the freedom to like well, explore little things. What a what a great yeah what a great use of the property in between seasons because that's what they do for they sure. Keep people working. They get paid. They're who knows about this year, but but in theory, and then they use the sets. And they um, and they can explore things that don't have anything to do with anything because if we're going to shit on the new Star Treks or I'm going to for the new <laughs> uh, style of storytelling where we where we just have these weird long stories that uh, don't pay off on a week to week basis, um, then that's how you do it. You make little it- short stories, you know. Hundred percent, so. and and it's great for world building too. When you think yeah, about it that absolutely. way, like you know, just like these little moments of oh yeah, the, things, yeah, here's the janitor that has to work there. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Like right. in this world, and like we never think about that. So uh, did you I like the Tribbles cool. one? That oh, well, now that you mentioned that was probably my favorite one. Yeah, that one was uh, really well done. As silly as it is, I thought that one was far and away the standout. And I mean, H. John um, Benjamin is always great. So he's that great. God, he's great. so good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize for about half the episode who that was, who and then was, suddenly yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, oh, that voice that sounds familiar." <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah. also, I mean, uh, what's her name? Uh, Alita ninety nine. Yeah, you know, I forgot um, her name. But who was yes. also in the movie Chips, which I think I mentioned. Couple I episodes ago that. that I watched. That's that's yeah. She's that's she's great, man. She's yep. good in everything I've seen her in. But uh, yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Uh, I I dig them. They're uh, you know I like the idea of it. So well, cool. Let's uh, let's talk about some news. Um, let's do if it. Uh, if uh, you're ready. Uh, ready. We lost uh, a couple of people. We've lost quite a few people in the entertainment business, but a couple of people since last time. Honor Blackman died. She's 94. She played Pussy yeah. Galore in Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Um, God, Pussy Galore. Long life, but uh, she played other things, I'm sure, as well, but that's just <laughs> off the top of my head. Shout out to um, the Bond girl from probably at least considered the most iconic Bond film, yes. whether people like it the best or not. Yes. I mean, that moment of, you know, appropriate or not, and it's not, but that moment of my name is Pussy Galore when yeah. Connery wakes up and he says, I must be dreaming, will, <laughs> will always be, dreaming. be yeah. the, the great sort of 14-year-old and adolescent And I mean, Goldfinger is probably the most iconic Bond movie. You know, it's the it invented the formula. Most it laid of the, our icons yeah. come from and our, and our kind of, you know, if you're going to meme, <laughs> you know. Yeah, laid uh, the it, foundation for sure. Um, and then uh, Brian Dennehy as well passed away at 81. Um, it's a bummer. 
But uh, yeah, all time favorite of mine. Yeah, he's in some movies we love, uh, of course. And we played trivia what last night, and that that was the tie breaking question, wasn't it? It was. It, it was. Uh, it was. The question was name two of his movies and what comedian uh, had a bit about him in the early two thousands, which was Patton Oswalt has a great bit about him. Right. Do you remember that bit? I do. I do. It's so good, man. Oh, and man. Uh, it's the, the they're <laughs> the, always going to eat us fat the, guys, right? The, the line, yeah, the line essentially what you just said, yeah, is uh, the <laughs> who cares if we're fat? They're always going to need a fat best friend. <laughs> it's like eat up, you know, <laughs> right, at, the, right. at the at the buffet table, and he's like, yeah. oh, thank God, <laughs> somebody it's, gave it's me permission to eat. <laughs> yeah, people should look it up for sure. Um, it's a lot um, of fun. Well, and, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, go ahead. it's before you jump into it. Um, you know, part of us kind of winning in that trivia, you know, Brian Dennehy, I think most people would probably think of him at least just casual movie fans from First Blood, sure. from Rambo. Sure. And the the other team that we beat in that trivia, I mean, we would have beat them on the Brian Dennehy question anyway, but the they counted the, the, the movie Rambo, which is not the movie that he's in. It is the Rambo series. Well. That kind of annoyed me, right? He's in First Blood. Which is the first Rambo yeah, movie, of course. Yeah. but not the title. But also, you know, he plays kind of the—he's not really evil, but the the bad sheriff in that movie, right? And he plays the bad sheriff in one of my maybe ten or fifteen favorite movies of all time, uh, irrationally favorite movies. I know it's objectively not one of the best movies, but Silverado has always been my favorite western. Sure. I yeah. grew up with it; it's so much fun. And he's the bad sheriff in that too. And uh, it's just funny to me that he popped up as like I two of the great eighties. I'm gonna have to check out Silverado. Ah, put it on so my much list. fun, dude! It's a blast. Um, you know it's, how it's I'm the, not it's, very good with my westerns, but but, but it's the western for non-western fan. Like if you okay. just like eighties, if you like eighties fun action movies, right? That's the. I mean, Lawrence Kasdan, right? Raiders of the Lost Ark, yep. Empire Strikes Back. That's the writer director. It's Kevin Costner. It's Jeff Goldblum. It's just a ton of great people. Kevin Klein, who's hilarious. Right. Um, and, uh, Murtaugh himself, you know, I'm too old for this shit cool. doing the same character, but tons of fun. So <laughs> worth it. You got to check it out. It's a lot of fun. Well, here's a clip of Brian Dunhe from, uh, Tommy boy. Sounds good, Tom, but I'd like to take a look at your operation before I commit. Fair enough, Doug. Of course, I could get a hell of a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take the butcher's word for it. <laughs> bull's ass, that's great. And you guarantee everything you sell. You know, I could guarantee you all day long, but we both know a guarantee is only as good as a man who writes it. it sounds good, Tom. I'll send the contract next week. Right, good man. Right. Good man. Still the best, Tom. Eat whiskey sours and still sell the son of a bitch. Damn, I'm good. There it is. He's so great. I'm trying to think of how uh, how that gets butchered later by Tommy. I think he says, I could get a good look at a T-bone by sticking my head up the butcher's ass. He says, wait, right. no, it would it would have to be your bull. Gets real confused. Uh, but that's that a great clip, bit. That's good. a great bit. Yeah. Everybody watch Tommy. Well, rest in peace, uh, yeah, Brandon. Totally. He was, uh, he was, an, uh, he was an all-star. Well, in uh, in Star Wars news, some fun Star Wars news, um, we're getting that's a- That's still going? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought we were done. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. You shut up. <laughs> um, there's an eight-part uh, mini so uh, documentary series, uh, making of The Mandalorian, coming May 4th. So Yeah, I can't wait. I talk shit, but I can't wait. Fucking great. I, because what, what I've known since the beginning when they were in just production of Mandalorian Season 1 was uh, how um, – Industrial Light and Magic uh, and Lucasfilm has, uh, you know, some really crazy um, 
uh, LED walls that they're using for practical sets. They're using Unreal Engine, which is a 3D environment, uh, you know, kind of uh, engine, and then uh, and then just basically big wraparound walls, you know, a la the holodeck or something like that. And like 90, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think like 90% of the environments that you see in the show that just look absolutely photorealistic and real are just them on a soundstage in front of a wall. That and is it, crazy. It is, uh, it's technology, and I work with a lot of LED walls at, at work, and I and just to see how it's being used outside of live events, uh, how it's being used in film and TV is just one of the coolest things I think we've had in film technology in decades. Um, you know, probably not since The Matrix have we seen such a leap in how right. camera right. technology is used and how they're kind of doing things. Um, so it's, if for nothing else, watch it for that, but I'm sure it'll be oh, an amazing sure. story. And dude, um, if you had not told me that uh, yeah. part of, part of what I would have argued on why Mandalorian is good and some of this other <laughs> stuff is not yeah. good would have been saying, you know, they got out there and they got, yeah, they the went out in the world. They, like uh, they that's fucking what it looks didn't, like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you man, know, it that's is great. I can't wait for you to see it because it, it, it is, you know, when, when we always think that when new technologies are introduced, whether it be in science or in, uh, in any, field where technology is used we always think there's going to be some big fanfare about it and we're like oh wow this is the new thing you know but it's like who's gonna create that fanfare there's no it just happens slowly it's always a slow burn it's one thing leads to another thing which leads to another thing and then by that point you're already you know used to it so you don't know that uh, a revolution has happened uh, right, because right. you've just been used to each iteration of it. Um, and that's what's happening with this is that it's, it's fucking mind blowing. Uh, so well, I can't wait to wait to see that. that. That's really cool, man. And I can't, I'm always interested in anything I mean, as much as I, you and me, we both love the movies. I think yeah. we're probably the same in that I, I'll watch anything that's well done about how a movie was made. Also, sure. I always yeah, find yeah. it fascinating and I'm not, this is not a setup. This is going to feel like I'm setting you up, but um, in the same way as I'm excited about this, and in the same way as I'm always messing with you about Lord of the Rings, yeah, one of, one of the coolest things on those, and I don't know if you ever looked into them at all, but the extended editions to those have probably still the most expansive behind the scenes. This is how we created an entire world and made these epic things, right? Uh, of anything I've seen, man, and uh, like I, I used to talk to Tyler that we did tours with about shout out to Tyler about this. And he was never even that big of a fan of the, he didn't care that much about the movies, but he was talked about, he said, he's like, I could watch the special features on those all day Oh, interesting. because the, yeah. it really, and you, if you ever get a chance, like you really actually should yeah. check those out. I mean, well, just from I like, probably watch the movies first. <laughs> well, we, yeah, and we will. And guess what we've got today lined up for our next commentary. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, but, uh, you know, just even in the, the idea of, you know, we've got multiple characters and they all need to look different sizes because yeah. they're different you know, creatures, or whatever, and shooting, you know, to, to try to uh, adjust and, and make that seem real while moving a camera with that forced perspective, all that kind of stuff and all their little tricks on cutting around that stuff and getting around it is still super impressive to me, man. It's like a masterclass on how to do that stuff. So definitely yeah, worth uh, checking that, out. That definitely sounds like something I'd be interested in. I'll get there. I will get there. I promise. Um, yeah. And it, you <laughs> now's know, the time, baby. Quar- <laughs> along, we're quarantined. Yeah. <laughs> along those same lines, did you watch the Rise of Skywalker behind the scenes? I think I sent it to you. I've started it, it and I'm yeah. real into it. I have to. This is one that I have to watch on my own because, believe it or not, uh, Jess is more offended than I am by the uh, the latest uh, Star Wars. She movies. doesn't like it. So, well, she doesn't like them, and she has trouble separating her emotion from that and okay. watching yep. like how like something can be 
be really incredible how they did it, and I can right. not care for the product, the finished product. Sure, yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to find some time to just cruise through that on my own. But I've I've gone through about twenty to maybe twenty five minutes. Right on. And uh, definitely interested. I mean, I'm I'm into all that stuff. So yeah, um, it's, it's a it. very well made you know doc, and uh, it's only about two hours. That YouTube link I think was three hours, just because it has all the additional features on there. But, right. Uh, right. But yeah, it's great. And then last in the Star Wars category, um, did you watch the? Um, animation, the short animation that this YouTuber did of uh, of uh, what's the fucking guy I hate um, that was going to direct Star Wars Nine? Uh, oh, Colin oh, uh, Trevorrow. Trevorrow. Colin yeah. Trevorrow had a script first episode nine that he wrote. It got rejected, and then right. it got rejected, and then he got fired or whatever happened. But essentially, that script leaked, and so an an, an animator animated a super, super condensed version of what his oh, story was. That. It's only about 10 minutes long, but I'll send it to you. Um, it I can't say that it is good because the story that's being told in this, I also think like, eh, whatever. You know, I don't, I right, don't, I don't right. give it any more credence, but, it, but it's still interesting to see it, an alternate version. Um, so you'll definitely dig so it, I'll definitely check that out. I guess the real question is, when do the animators get to George Lucas's uh, so, final trilogy that takes right, place in the right. Metaclorian world? That's, that's what that's, I'm waiting for. That's what a lot of people are commenting is just like, okay, if you can <laughs> dig it, up, I'm not original. If you can dig up some other, you know, content, like they say that, and they also the one of the top comments is like, uh, uh, okay, how about the Zack Snyder cut? You know, Justice League, um, right, things right. like that. You know, we we would like to see, but anyways. Um, last up in the news, I guess this isn't really, I guess this is news. Yeah. So, um, Cinemark, it's like Collider, I think had this, uh, this, uh, article today. Cinemark is saying they're going to open July 1st, uh, oh, their theaters okay. back. So this is the first one where it is kind of like an official statement by the company on right. a specific date. Right. Um, and, uh, the reality is. We can't believe things like this, but as we get closer to it, maybe this will actually be true. And it all surrounds the July 17th release date of Tenet. That's everything is ah. going around this. So if we kind of segue into how movies are being um, pushed back because of the virus, um, so many movies have been moved and moved so significantly that the reality is even if July 1st happens for theaters, there won't be any movies to see because everything's right. been moved. Right. So it's right. going to be a really weird summer. And, you know, looking at it this way, we're, we're looking at a mid-May maybe start to opening, you know, some retail and things opening up again and right, stay-at-home right. orders lifted and things like that. If that happens... Um, then it seems conceivable that six weeks later, July 1st, yeah, you would have yeah. maybe movie theaters open with maybe reduced um, seating, you know, uh, maybe right. one person right. for every, you know, five or six chairs or something like that. Seems like it would make sense uh, in the same vein as restaurants and, 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 uh, and yeah. pl plane tickets, you know, it's just like, just, yeah, if sure. you want to make some money, then just spread people out. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see if that all actually happens, but. Um, what's interesting about that is that Tenet, <laughs> it, its original release date is July 17th, and it, they have not budged. Whereas <laughs> movies yeah. like, uh, okay, so a couple of big, big 
summer blockbusters that moved were um, James that Warren. are still during the summer. Well, yeah. So Mulan moved from March 27th to July 24th. So they. Right. So the point is Disney, which we have to assume knows the most. Um, yeah, more than anybody. moved <laughs> into July. Even though it's the end of July, it's only a week after Tenet. So I think that's smart that maybe Tenet is staying where they are. Wonder Woman moved from June to August 14th. So that's just a couple weeks later. Um, But the real bummer, I mean, this is just a few, but we lost Top Gun, which was supposed to be June and is now November or whatever, December, December. And then um, uh, Morbius and Minions both moved. Uh, Not that I cared about those. Uh, And then the real bummer is Ghostbusters was July 10th. And yeah. now it's next March. <laughs> oh shit! So like, well, just the such only a silver crazy lining. Yeah, yeah, the only silver lining of that is that Top Gun will now be in the Oscar hunt. I can only assume <laughs> as a uh, late release. You know, that's actually kind of funny too because essentially, <laughs> yeah, best stunts if they ever have that yeah, category. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, if they, um, you know, all the kind of the Oscar fodder comes out at the end of the right. year anyway. But I do want. I mean, this is going to be a weird year. I mean, I feel we are going to have less of everything yep. to kind of choose from for those yep. categories. Although or, maybe not TV. So it, Oscars will be hit, but like right, Emmys, right. Golden Globes, things like that, I think we'll still have a ton of TV to, uh, you know, vote on. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Sure. Um, well, uh, I just like the fact that I unintentionally uh, foreshadowed for Tenet by talking about The Tenet, which you is did a completely talk about different the movie. Tenet. Yeah, totally. Uh, right off the bat. So once again, you can't teach this kind of chemistry <laughs> that, uh, that you um, and I have. Also, in the upcoming thing, you sent me the the uh, a text to watch the trailer for Capone. That was a pretty good uh, trailer. I'm I'm I mean, it's a it's an it's clearly not a big studio movie. It's yeah. going to video on demand on May 12th, so that's just right. a few weeks. And but, see, I'm not I'm not even sure how I feel about it. I just right. I think I was so excited that a trailer came out. Yeah, you know, I, no, I no. felt that way about Extraction. I don't know if you watched that trailer no. with uh, Chris Hemsworth. It's just a seems like a generic action you know spy no, thing. Yeah. Um, with Thor in it, but right. uh, but just trailers coming out that are yep. new are yep. exciting because we we've, just we've usually been, those are normal, but they're not. And it's right funny because it feels like it's been you know months or years, but it's really it's been one month. The last movie I saw yeah. was March fourteenth. I saw Call of the Wild, um, and then I was stuck at home starting whatever March fifteenth right. or sixteenth. For so, us, I think it's been about um, five weeks, but yeah, 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 around the same. So you know, it's, it's not been that a while. long, it's been but weird. Uh, you know, and just considering that we're talking about movies reopening jul- mid July, that's May, June, July. That's three months. We've only been <laughs> here a month, so yeah, it's, it's an enormous amount of stay at home. So you know, watch everything at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that you kind of have to right now. Yeah. You kind of lose your mind. Um, but it, it is a weird time, man. We are, we are living through like a period that we'll talk about as history. Hopefully, we won't be talking about like a two year on and off stretch of history, and more right. we're talking about a couple months. But um, yeah. But it is it is weird, man. People will talk about this going forward, and we well, will at least we it. have it immortalized in our podcast that 12 people listen to <laughs> yes yes they know we helped them get through that these 12 people uh, love us 100 um, you uh you feel like doing some rotten tomato scores or what Man, do you or do you have anything you want to not not only do i feel like doing some rotten tomato <laughs> scores i've never felt more like it but uh yeah. but then i've also got another uh tag along for the Rotten okay. Tomato scores, which w- this will awesome. be the last one of these that I've got, but it, it revolves around Star Trek again. So hit me with yours, and then I'll hit you with mine. 
Well, let's. Let, I want to preface this by saying that, and we'll maybe talk about this at the end again. But uh, we did our Ninja Turtles commentary. Go check that out. But we uh, want to do a National Treasure this next week because so many of yes. you voted on it. So uh, I'm absolutely committed to that. I think you are too, Patrick. We'll do National Treasure next week. Um, the only thing about these movies is uh, we got to do them sort of quickly once they're picked because how netflix you lose they lose movies sometimes off their service and i want to make sure that you know it's still on netflix when our episode comes out so that you guys can watch it easily so anyways yeah, you got to move kind of quick but we when you lose by one when a movie loses by one vote it deserves our, our audience is split <laughs> enough that yeah, we absolutely. decided that right yeah we got to do this one too so um, we'll be coming at you with that soon well, in uh, the, the reason I mention all that is that uh, my uh, theme for the Rotten Tomatoes scores this week is that it's the Nick Cage edition. Now, every <laughs> version of this, every every episode we've done with movies, I've pretty much had by some miracle some Nick Cage movies in there already. We've already done like The Rock and a bunch of stuff, but uh, here are some that we have not done uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores for. I so can't wait for this. Starting with Face Off. <laughs> okay um before i say this uh yes. anybody that hasn't heard the patrice o'neill that comedian uh just google or youtube patrice o'neill face off hearing him talk about that uh is one of I my favorite things i of don't time. think i know it I'll he, he leads it in other people are shitting on the movie and he mentions that he thinks that might be his favorite movie of all time <laughs> okay and it, and it goes from there <laughs> but it takes a turn that you might not expect and i was crying laughing okay. uh, so definitely check it out i think face off um obviously much more well-regarded than like mission impossible Two for the sort of the John John Woo is like revered for what he did early on right. and then kind of considered a hack once he gets to Hollywood. I'm, I'm not always totally sure why, because they're, he's really doing the same thing. But, um, I think that face off has a critic score of 52 and an audience score of 80. I would have absolutely guessed pretty much the same thing the audience <laughs> so score is 82 so you're okay you know you're, Nailed that you're one. right there i know my people the critic score is 92 <laughs> you are <laughs> shitting me so they didn't get tired of woo until 2000 I, no they, didn't. they were fully on board with that batshit crazy style took his face uh, off <laughs> You know, you know what's funny to me, man. This is why I, I love talking about this. I mean, I talk about this forever. I love flicks, yeah. but none of this means anything, right? No, like, it, if we're to take anything from the fact that that score is that high, oh, it makes and, no sense. And Mission Impossible Two is considered hot steaming garbage. <laughs> like, like they have to. But this is this was always my argument with the Lone Ranger. You cannot like Pirates of the Caribbean Four and right. think Johnny Depp is great. And then hate Lone Ranger, which is Pirates of the Caribbean it's, on sand, it, and it's with also Johnny Depp playing the same so fucking well thing. made. It's like such oh, yeah. a good, fantastically well -made, made movie. Yeah, exactly. Technically, yeah. And, and and if anything, it's fresher than the sequel because yes, it is copying, but it's still at least a new story. Like, right. It's right. in the same vein as you the haven't other one. seen this before. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I I'll never understand it. But that yeah. is incredible that uh, the critics loved Face Off totally that much agree. because I just that, looked that up an hour ago and I was like, what the dude? Fuck? That plot. <laughs> it, okay, that plot is compared. So, Mission Impossible Two's plot. I'm not arguing Mission Impossible Two is a great movie, but no, Mission sure. Impossible but Two is the Hitchcock plot, Notorious, which is considered an all time classic 
espionage film. Right. Just retold with a ton of slow-mo action and doves and like motorcycle fights, <laughs> right? Doves. So yeah. So so but that's what it is at its core. hundred percent more face doves. off, the story is insane and is yeah. the dumbest shit ever. And I Correct. love it. Correct. But and then also and then the 92. movie is filmed the same way. And 92. that's a 92. 92. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well that's that's uh I, you know what? I like that though. I don't care. I like it. So. I'm with you, man. Um, what's, what's the next well, one? What I mean, what do you think the next one is? <laughs> is is Vampire's Kiss the no, next no. one? No, no, Conair, Conair. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, Conair's got to go. Okay, so all right, this is where we're really gonna see how the critics hold up. So, audience, I'm gonna say once again, you know what? I'm gonna give audience uh, 85. Oh wow, uh, okay. on Conair because I remember audience is really loving that, and I'm gonna say critics. <sighs> okay, so now nothing makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I'll go critics 75. All right, so you got an audience score of 75. So you weren't okay. too far All right. off. All right, so and a little a less than face-off. critic score of 55. See, nothing makes any sense. Right, correct. Like, nothing made sense before correct. this current era. <laughs> so I guess it's not now that's crazy. It's always that was crazy. All right. That, okay, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah, wait a minute. So face-off was 96? Uh, 97? I think it was 90, 97. Maybe. Uh, no, not that. Face Off's 97. Face Off was 90. Oh, the year. Sorry, 97. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Face Off is 97. Con Air was 98. Uh, hang on. It was 97. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> Those year. movies came out the same so, fucking year? So did you? Okay. So wait, this is, this is relevant. Did you know? He, so he shot Con Air first. And uh, so his hair was super long. And he started filming um, Face Off the day after he finished filming Con Air. So that's in some stories where he talks about having that long wow. hair and then cutting it off and, and, and making it black and going directly to that stupid fucking haircut from Con Air. So that's, they were they were absolutely back to back. That Maybelline shot where the wind is blowing through his hair when he gets off that plane is an all timer. I'll tell absolutely. you that much. Absolutely, it does not make any sense that critics could like one of those movies and not like the other. Well, sure. Yeah, it, I don't understand. <laughs> I can't. Did they not like uh, wife beater shirts? Like what was the what was the turnoff? I guess on. Con Air. I don't they know. Don't, they don't feel different enough quality-wise, yeah, to warrant that. But That whatever. was the time when the music for movies did not have to reflect the movie at all. They marketed How Do I, how do I Live Without uh, Trisha You Yearwood, I think. To yeah. Con Air. Yeah. Like, that is an absolute yep. incredible... Yeah, you know oh, what we're going to yeah. do? We're going to smash these together. Uh, and also, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite lines, um, however you feel about uh, afterlife or a god or not a god, where he turns to his buddy and he says, I'm going to show you there is a god. No, right at the I'm end. A, I'm going to show you God does exist. God does That's exist. That's what it is. Yep. And then he just walks and I guess the power of God keeps him from getting shot. No, he gets shot in the arm. Crazy. Yeah, and it, gl- does it glances not, by him on the does arm and not does nothing. Him. But yeah. they're shooting at him left and right. Um <laughs> I, yeah, we got we got to stay on the Rotten Tomatoes rankings. But have you ever <laughs> looked into the uh, the the Republican conspiracy, the the conservative conspiracy that is Con Air? Have you ever checked that out? No, no. Look I'll, on YouTube I'll for that, and all our listeners listen to that. It's it's quite amusing. Okay, okay. let's move on. Let's move on with the Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sorry right, for so it's all, it's all good, man. This is great. So I'm passionate this, about what I this do. I is apologize. Probably my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. Ooh. Uh, if I if I had to have a top three, Leaving I Las Vegas. I think it's number one. Yeah, Leaving Las. Vegas. Okay, I knew it would be Leaving um, Las Vegas. What do you think? I think the critics gave Leaving Las Vegas a 93%. Okay. And I think audiences gave Leaving Las Vegas a, like a 80%. 
Okay, I'm always going to try to follow how you say it. You know, the order that you say it. And oh so yeah, you said yeah. you said okay. critics first. Um, was and what were your numbers? <laughs> ninety five, ninety three, okay. ninety three. So ninety critics, which okay. makes sense. Close. This was a big Academy Award movie yep. and whatnot. Yep. Elizabeth um, Shue. Oh, oh. And then, <laughs> so then good. audiences eighty five. So yeah, that's right. it tracks. That's yeah, that's that a that's on a by real, about five points either way. It's a realistic one. All right, first so one now, I felt good about. Now, hey Patrick, do you want to go to a party in the valley? <laughs> you know they just remade Valley Girl. They just <laughs> they've I, remade I, it. I am aware of it, but I ignored it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, valley Girl, nineteen eighty three. Was it his first role or his first? One uh, of it his was first early, role? man. Super I think early. he had done like uh, Rumble Fish. I think he had done some of like his uncle Coppola's. Okay, sure, yeah, stuff, yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. He's super young, but um, nineteen eighty three Valley Girl. What do you think? Valley Girl. Okay, so we're in the eighties. I think audiences liked Valley Girl. I'm going to say audiences gave Valley Girl an 83. Okay. And I think critics, I don't know how critics were. I think critics thought it was stupid and gave it a 60. Well, this is surprising. So audiences actually lower than you said, 72. And uh, critics, 82. This nothing makes sense anymore. Right, correct. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> you think it's Nick, the Nick Cage factor? Nick Cage throws them for such a loop because right. no one can fully understand, understand what it is. What's going on? That they yeah. just don't know how to grade it. I'm gonna. Right. I'm gonna lean on that. <laughs> um, the classic Raising Arizona. Oh, Raising Arizona. Okay, audiences gave Raising Arizona a 94. No, critics gave. Uh, Raising Arizona, 94. Audiences gave Raising Arizona an 87. Super 94 critics, 87 audience. 91 critics and 85 audience. So okay. Yeah, that feels right. Extremely feels close, right. yeah. Um, and the last one is, it might be in my top three still. I'd put it probably two or three favorite Nick Cage movie. Uh, can you guess what it is? I don't is think it, you'll guess what it is. Is it Adaptation? No, um, I'd probably put that. I don't know that I'd put that in the top three, but uh, even though his, if we're going by his oh, oh, performance, oh, oh. then it, that would be probably right. One. I got you. But, is but, it Matchstick Men? Yes, it is. Okay. You're so good, man. Well yeah. done. No, I, I remember uh, what you like. I remember what you like. A lot of time travel in Matchstick sure, Men. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've been drugged to the curb and well done. kicked to well you. Piss blood. Um, okay. So, plus Sam Rockwell. So yeah, um, oh, our favorite. What do you um, think, Matchstick Men? Critics, 80. Okay. Audiences, 85. So very close with critics, 82. But audiences, 74. Did not care for it. Yeah. That's not, that's oh, not well. too bad, though. No. I, okay. Sometimes you miss by like 50 <laughs> with <Right>. critics. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, like Air 80. Force One yeah. or Lethal yeah. Weapon. Uh, um, Force, well, very yeah. good. That's all I got. Felt pretty good on that. Felt, felt yeah, pretty did, good about you it did very overall. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go through this entire uh, list with you. Okay. But um, because we dove into the Star Trek um, mm, series Star and Trek. what was top to bottom mm. last time. Yeah. And because we're Star Trek fans. Yes. I would like you, you don't have to go through everyone, but mm. I would like you to name for me which Star Trek film you think is ranked on Rotten Tomatoes the highest. I tell you what, give me the top three in whatever order you think they are, and then tell me which movie in Star Trek you think is the bottom of the film series list, including all movies of Star Trek that were made uh, for Rotten Tomatoes. Cool. So you want top three and bottom one. Top three, bottom one. Okay. Uh, for critic score? Critic score, Rotten Tomatoes. I've just got the overall 
So oh, I don't know. I think I think that's the critic. I think if okay. you're, I, I'm not sure how you looked it up, but I think that would be the critic score. So I'm gonna Got I'm it. gonna base Got it on it. critic score. Um, uh, I would say Rathacon's got to be number one. I would um, that as well. Yeah. I uh, I feel like we might have you might have given me some scores for the next gen movies when we did an uh, an episode. I don't remember if you did, but okay. um, I'm not. Sh- I'm honestly not sure if any of the next gen ones would be in the top three. But if there was, it would have to be First Contact. So I'm not sure that I would put that number two. Um, maybe I'd put it number three. Uh, okay. Of the original movies, Rathacon's got to be number one. I mean, people fucking love A Voyage Home. So yeah, I know I do. I would say Wrath of Khan, Voyage Home, First Contact. And then bottom one, uh, or do you want to tell me what the top no, one No, no, let's go no, bottom no, one No, no, because that'll, yeah. that'll be cheating, yeah, <laughs> or too much yeah. information. So bottom one, um, I would say uh, it's probably Final Frontier. <laughs> Uh, or Dude. no, because it's they'd probably it would a uh, probably a next gen movie would be worse. But I'm I'm gonna actually hold Final Frontier. Okay, go uh, ahead. You you they're not you're not 100 percent right. Okay, but right. but you crushed them. Okay, and I would have absolutely guessed Wrath of Khan number one as well. Okay, I, I think that's the most revered and definitely considered yeah, by course. most people. It's the ta- best. It's of those taught movies. in film school. Like yeah. that's that's the one, and it, and it should be. It is the best right. one. But however. The yeah. highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes Star Trek yep. film is J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. <laughs> oh, my God. I absolutely it. wasn't thinking of those because yeah, I wasn't I thinking of those. <laughs> that is that is number one That's so sad. on the list. Okay. Star Trek now, 2009, I should have. I should. That has a 94% rating. Holy fuck. That's Tomatoes. too high, but okay. Yeah, that enough. is go Star on. Wars in a Star Trek uniform. Yeah, this, we all this, know it. this throws off my whole and thing, that's but fine. go on. Yep. But here's why it doesn't throw you off. If you take okay. that out of the equation. Yeah. The second highest rated movie is First Contact. Okay. With a 93% rating, which okay. tracks to me. I think yeah, that's yeah. that's accurate. Yep. Then there's a little dip, and Wrath of Khan is the third ranked okay. film with 87%. Okay. And right after that, uh, actually, it's two down, uh, but with 85% is Voyage Home. So okay. you actually named what's, three of the top what's five. Above, what's above Voyage Home? Star Trek Beyond. See, that's, you're a big that's delightful of. because that's yeah. my favorite of the JJ verse ones, even though right. it wasn't right. his. But um, yeah, by far, because it feels like a fun Star Trek story. And, I agree. Uh, I agree. And enjoyable. I just dig what they do in it. There's a lot of fun stuff. I would uh, still have it yeah. more upper middle to me, but it's not because I don't like yeah. it. It's just because yeah, I don't like think it a lot of the original there, ones. But at least it's that one um, that that is up there and and. Uh, well, know, you nailed the you I nailed know. the bottom. Uh, coming okay. in and Did coming I? in at a whopping twenty two percent rating fuck. is Final Frontier. Do you think William Shatner like has any like what do you call it? <laughs> Not guilt, anger. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure anger would thinks, probably be the only emotion. I'm yeah. sure he thinks all the fans are wrong. Hates them <laughs> right. for it, just like he always feels about everything. Sure. You know, Final Frontier, just like uh, motion picture. To me, they're both interesting ideas. I mean, I, I know it's a little silly, but the, like the search for God can be the search of, for meaning or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's very relevant and universal. It's just that movie is just... But honestly, Patrick, what does God need with a starship? <laughs> really? And why? that is why the movie does why not work. Why does he need a uh, <laughs> So Nem- Nemesis is second to last. Uh, Nemesis has 38%, that, though. That. Yeah, but, yeah. It, but it almost doubles Final Frontier in the rating. I mean, people <laughs> right, right. really hated Final Frontier. And then Motion Picture is third to the bottom, 
with 42%. And I didn't I, think it would be that low. But well, I don't not, make yeah. any argument for motion picture. I, I think like I understand why people don't like it, and I, I think it's flawed. But motion picture will always have kind of a special place in my heart, and it's one of my all-time favorite background movies just to kind of sure. run uh, in the back. And I, and like we've talked about before, conceptually, that movie's one of the top Star Trek movies they've ever come up with in terms of like what we're sort of examining. Absolutely. You know I mean? Like yeah, yeah. The, the idea behind it. So It just doesn't fit in with the yeah. general style and vibe, but it, it, but what it did do was very good. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a it's weird hard. middle moment hard, between yeah. the original series and between, they establish a, a, a tone and a formula and even a uniform that carries the rest of the, you know, original cast movies, yeah. right? From Khan on to uh, Undiscovered Country or even Generations. And then, of course, the original series had a different tone. And motion picture, you can tell that was going to be a different television series. And they were like, let's make a movie after Star Wars made right. it. And it just kind of is a standalone almost. But anyway, great, but, but great hey, great job. Great achievement, though. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate oh, yeah. that. Yeah, you, you um, nailed it, man. That was solid. Oh, that's fun. I could do that every every week, but it's you know, fun, it's right? unfortunate. There's only so much Star Trek to go around. We could start doing it just with like individual episodes of Next Gen, and that could like <laughs> take true. us into the next that's year. True. Um, so uh, that's really good. So uh, I want to kind of wrap up with a couple of things. Do you have anything else that no, that's you wanna... it for me? Yeah. Okay. So the kind of the wrap up stuff is we are going to do a National Treasure commentary. Keep an eye out for that. Check um, it out. Please check out our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles commentary on uh, on the same feed. Uh, same, it's not an episode number, but it says commentary. It's a lot of fun, and, fun movie. Uh, and if you have any feedback about how we did that, how we released that, what we're doing, uh, you know what uh, what's going on in the world, and what you want us to do on the podcast, any of that kind of shit. I know it's all just our friends listening, but please email us movies and shit show at gmail You can go to movies and shit also. Hit us um, up. And uh, let's do some gems. You got a gem? I do. Um, I, in the um, sort of the we were talking about diving into older stuff since we don't have a lot of newer stuff. I'm diving way, 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 way back um, into uh, I think it was the late 30s. Um, for anybody that likes any classic stuff or maybe you haven't checked out classic stuff. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this one before, but there's a movie called The Lady Eve. Do you remember me ever talking about that? movie? I don't. That doesn't ring a bell. No. So uh, it, it's a. Uh, it's Henry Fonda when he was very young and it's one of the early kind of romantic comedies. It's real silly. It's, um, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Take some suspension of disbelief, but it's one of those movies that kind of carved out the beginning of the rom-com, you know, in the, in the early, really, really early sure. days, a lot like it happened one night, which I think is talked oh, about I love more. It. I love but, it. um, if yeah. I was telling people, you know, that I don't think necessarily would like older films cause you know, they're tougher in terms of pace and they're black and white and all this stuff. Not everybody likes that kind of like foreign films, but right. this would be on my list of like, 10 for people to check out, right? This would be like my rom-com that I would put in and say, check it out. It's a lot of fun, man. There's some great gags in it. Um, it's Barbara Stanwyck. Uh, it, it's just, right. a, it's just a lot of fun, man. It's, it's a, it's a really like a, a true classic film and it would be sort of my, one of my lighter uh, comedic installments in older films that people, you know, should check out. Um, so nice. if you get a chance and you can find that one streaming somewhere, I haven't looked into like where it's available, but the lady Eve, uh, is worth checking out. And it's also a quick watch. I think it's like 90 minutes. You know, some of those that are mm -hmm. two hours or, or, or longer can feel a little little more dated. So it's it's a quick watch and it's a lot of fun. Check it out. That's great. Are you, um, uh, <laughs> I actually, okay, let me think how to say this. Uh, here's a not hidden, not gem. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking, because okay. you, you made me think of it with uh, with Henry Fonda. So Peter Fonda is in a movie I just watched for the first time. 
Uh, and uh, I think I told you this. You already know it. But I had never seen Ghost Rider. And that is a yeah. pile of shit. Man, <laughs> is that a pile of shit. We watched it. There were four of us on a, on a Zoom chat hanging out. And we were all just like, none of us have seen it. So um, I'm, I'm glad I've seen it. I'm glad I, I have done it. It's kind of like, you know, just get it over with. Like, it's just... Yeah. Wait, is Peter Fonda off? in that in that movie? Yeah, he's the devil. Or so it's whatever. been so long that I don't I didn't remember he was in it. I do yeah, remember yeah, what yeah. trash it was. Do you think they <laughs> cast him because he was an Easy Rider? Oh yeah. <laughs> do you think they were like, hey, you know, who's in a get, motorcycle movie? That, you know, he I don't get know. to give sure. this some actual gravity sure. to it. it yeah, wow. you know, he has no business being in that movie. But you all, but you also have Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott plays the other Ghost yeah. Rider, and like, yeah. and the movie is still just so god awful. And even Nick it's Cage, terrible. who you know I love, and that's why I'm ending the, with this Nick Cage shit. Um, you know, I love him, and even when he's in weird shit, I still think he usually brings something interesting to it, and. In Ghost Rider, I think it it's a good example of him like not bringing anything. <laughs> like I just I don't think he brought anything to yeah. it. It's just yeah. fucking trash. It, it seems movie. like one that maybe at he the same liked. time enjoyable to watch because of for sure you know as a bad movie. Just like oh my god. Uh, anyway, do you think yeah, really he took that bad. one too seriously and really because he's a huge comic it, fan it, it and so he played it like straight he did. Yeah, yeah, rather than being like Nick did. Cage like there are better people at playing it straight you don't bring Nick Cage in to no, do that that's, not at that's all. a lot wasted opportunity and, and same thing with uh, with uh, Eve uh, Mendez is so god awful in it uh, she can't act to save her life in that movie <laughs> and that's another one where it's just like why is she I mean you could have found so many people with so much personality and doing something different that it's just it's such a loss this is why in addition to me just thinking the tim burton superman would have been really weird this is why i think nick cage (laughs) as superman would have tried to play it so not nick cage-ish i just really think that would have been quite a train wreck of a movie um even though i still would be interested in seeing it if it had been made well this segues uh, perfectly because and i planned all this uh my hidden gem stars nicholas cage um and it came out in 2017 have you seen mom and dad no okay so this was uh it was the i don't know if it was the first movie or the last movie when did movie pass and i think it i don't know it it was one i saw on my movie pass in 2017 and that uh, was the last legs of movie maybe the maybe the last one i saw on movie pass um and uh it's just a super weird small movie about uh, this mom and this dad played by Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair of all people. Um, and <laughs> it, there's some weird world event that causes people to go crazy. So it's a horror movie about the kids afraid of their parents. And then you can imagine what Nicolas Cage does wow. with that. Holy um, shit. so it's, it's great. It's, and by great, I mean, with us being at home watching shit. Um, yeah. it, so it's on Hulu right now. So most of you guys have Hulu. Watch Mom and Dad. It's crazy. It's horror. I'll have to check it out. It's, it's fucking weird and uh, fun. Well, there you um, have it. There's an old and one and a new one for everybody out there. <laughs> That's it. Check so out. check out our Ninja Turtles commentary. We're going to leave you with um, something uh, very special from that movie. A perfect um, segue. You can turn this <laughs> podcast off and turn the commentary on immediately yep, uh, when yep. you hear this. Um, yeah. What are, what are we listening to here? Uh, we are what, listening to what's the playing? classic uh, Partners in Crime, K-R-Y-M-E, rap song, 
uh, featured in the original credits of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first movie, not the Vanilla Ice one that everybody knows, <laughs> but the better one, yeah, the true the better classic. one. Enjoy. So there it is. Enjoy. On the half shell, they're the heroes for. In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with muggings mysterious. All police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force. This is serious, so give me a quarter. I was a witness, get me a reporter. Call April O'Neil in on this case. Hey, you better hurry up, there's no time to waste. We need help like quick on the double. Have pity on the city, man, it's in trouble. We need heroes like the Lone Ranger. When Tonto came pronto, when there was danger, they didn't say we'd be there in half an hour. Cause they displayed turtle power. reporter was hot on the trail, determined to put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened, but before she knew it, she fell in a trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone, with no friends and no phone. Now this was beyond her worst dreams, cause she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided, unloved, they called them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth, and they'd mug the people who needed proof. Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound. Shouted cowabunga as they hit the ground. From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower, cause they possessed turtle power. They're on a mission When there's a battle Got the enemy wishing That they stayed at home Instead of fighting These ninja masters With moves like lightning They were once normal But now the mutants Splinter's the teacher So they are the students Leonardo, Michelangelo And Donatello Make up the team With one other fellow Raphael He's the leader of the group Transformed from the norm By the nuclear goo Pizza's the food That's sure to please These ninjas are into Pepperoni and cheese Back to the story It's not hard to find Ninjas not just of the body But of the mind Those were the words That the master instructed But a letter from Shredder Had Splinter abducted That was the last straw Spring into action Step on the foot Now they're gonna lose traction Now this is for real So you fight for justice Your shell is hard So you shout They can't dust us off Like some old coffee table Since you've been born You've been willing and able To defeat the snake Protect the weak Fight for rights and your freedom to speak Now the villain is chilling so you make a stand Back to the wall, put your sword in your hand Remember the words of your teacher, your master Evil moves fast, but good moves faster than light Shining for your illumination Good versus evil equals confrontation So when you're in trouble, don't give in and go sour Try to rely on your journal power Artie, Artie, Artie. 